0: I'm pretty sure they weren't compensated and they were just sort of like, you know, find what you can find. Um, Get out of here though. We're, we're, we're innovating. We're making progress. When you look at all these things that, that are just extractions of black wealth, extractions of black mobility, um, not discounting slavery, but could you make a case for reparations just based on post-slavery, uh, legal and illegal black wealth extraction schemes
1: I think you could I think you could I think you really should I think the case should be made I think it is being made uh just not very effectively uh because what has happened it it it's not just Oscarville and the black expulsions that took place uh, during the uh, nadir of American race relations and beyond. It's what the uh, FHA did to black veterans with uh, with the VA loans and and well what the with denying black veterans VA loans to buy homes after those programs were started. But allowing the white veterans to go out and get these VA loans and buy these homes with no money down and finance these properties and grow and generate wealth that way. The United States has not only done quantifiable harm through these expulsions and through these purges of these black communities, but just by denying blacks and black and brown people the opportunity to Participate in wealth-generating programs like home ownership, wealth-generating opportunities like home ownership, through procedures and processes like redlining. You know, uh the uh the saga, it really, really continues. And I think Wells Fargo was just sued not too long ago, or just exposed not too long ago for denying. Uh, something like three quarters of uh, African-American applicants to refinance their home, to take equity, you know, and use that money for their benefit. You know, so it's, it's not over. It is not over by a long shot.
0: That's not even counting the um, apparently documented incidents of depressed home values if your home somehow represents the fact that you know you own it as a black person with a what they say pictures if you have the black pictures black family on your wall they oh, yeah, come in and yeah, appraise your,
1: your house appraises for much less i experienced that i actually experienced that and i had to appeal the appraisal and the appraisal came back much higher uh yeah you you do experience that you do experience that that is what a, was
0: a, what was the explanation like how how did they i mean
1: now, you know what, I really didn't receive an explanation. I got a jaw-droppingly low number for the area. And uh, my uh, financier was like, who happened to be Caucasian woman? She's like, no way, this is this is crap. We're gonna appeal this. And I never really got an explanation as for the low number. Uh, we had to submit some evidence about the, the values of the houses in the area and what had just sold for what. And it was like, oh, okay, maybe so. You know, but yeah, that does happen. That does happen. And the and it, pushback on it is this. Uh, none of us were there like with Oscar Bill and Telsa and Erwin, the expulsions and the fact that these people are owed this money. Uh, none of us were there. None of us are responsible. We didn't do it. You didn't experience it. We didn't cause it. So why should we compensate you for it? That is the pushback that I'm. That that is, I think the most effective argument against reparations is that we weren't but, responsible for this. Uh, but, but go but, ahead, go ahead. I, I can no, come back to that.
0: no. I was just gonna say, man. But like, and and I've heard that before too. And my argument is always, well, guess what? You didn't fight the American Revolution either, but you get to have the benefit of living in America. Like, you can't, you can't inherit. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that be fine. But then not get the debt as well like you know what i'm saying
2: yeah i think i think rome um you, the the point that i think you're on to in terms of of recouping uh, a stolen stolen property or stolen land that is that is a form of reparations that is more appropriately referred to as restitution and i think restitution creates a much stronger case for reparations, for financial compensation or compensation in other ways, because you can potentially create a trail of property ownership, transfer of property with enough digging, with enough historical research. And in this country, as we know, westernized, uh, the the peak of Western civilization, the the written word in this country is honored above all Uh, certificates of ownership, uh, legal documents, things of that nature, have are, are treated as truth in this country. And so restitution gets into who owned the land at one point, or how was it taken, how how did this transaction occur, whose signature is that on on the grant, what happened to the family after a certain point in time when they moved off the land. I mean, there, there are lots of different ways that that, that can be broken down. Um, and it sort of cuts through the, well, I wasn't there or you weren't there. That argument is going to live and breathe for reparations more broadly. But restitution is a way to get into more granular detail in order to win uh, financial um, compensation or to find some aspect, some measure of justice along the way. And the thing is, the reparations movement is is picking up. Uh, in the course of American history, there have been about 70 70 federal provisions of, of what could be considered reparations to either individuals or groups, 70. In the, in, the, in the totality of American history, 1783 on. But the majority of those have happened in the last 20 years. And so, like you said before, Rome, as as folks dig into the history books and explore their past, leverage the, the, the information highway and everything that we have access to today, it, it's more possible for us to unearth Things like old land grant records or or what have you, and 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 to make the case uh, for for reparations through through the concept of restitution.
1: Yeah, that's a good argument. I never I never really heard it. Uh, never really heard it articulated that way before. But then you you do have an actual articulable case for reconciliation and recompense due to an injustice. Something that was taken from you or a family member or your your uh, ancestors. so yeah, yeah, I really heard articulate it articulated that way thanks
0: um, yeah, man, that I mean, that definitely makes a lot of sense. um, and I guess like one of the things is it, that's well, like so I'm wondering if you if you you can look at, okay, this person shows ownership so we can firmly attach that right. But then it's like, what about the non calculable things? You know what I'm saying? The like peace of mind, the terror inflicted, the, you know, things of that nature, because it is like sort of generational. Um, If you talk about Irwin to this day, black people will look at you like you're insane. If you're like a black person, like I'm going to go to Irwin or like, hey, I'm from Irwin. Like there's basically no black people there um now granted just a hundred years ago or a little over a hundred years ago this happened but like that that those families impacted by that like it's hard for me to believe they're fine like as far as trauma as far as things of that nature but but you can't really calculate that you know what i'm saying
1: i i agree you know uh there are some things that can't be calculated. Generational trauma is one of those. Uh, you know, there, there, are, there's some intellectual violence. You know, can't be calculated. Some of the things that we're taught during the course of our education in this country is straight intellectual violence. It's, it's propaganda. It's indoctrination. It's, it's war on the mind. You know, and you can be a victim of part of your education, just as much as you could be a a benefactor. So you have to be very, very careful. And yeah, there are some things that are incalculable. There are some intangibles that, that necessarily need to be addressed, you know? Uh, Just the, the generational trauma. We integrated a neighborhood in the early, well, the mid 1970s, late 1970s. We integrated a neighborhood in suburban Michigan in a in a place called Kentwood and I mean we fought every day for about the first year I mean we fought every day fisticuffs you know serious like combat they ran over our uh, they, they used to do donuts in our front yard ran over the mailbox killed two of our dogs used to leave dead animals on the on on our front porch you know and those are intangibles, incalculables. But the trauma and the terror and the violence was all real.
0: And just once again, you're in Michigan, right?
1: Michigan. Well, I'm in Not, Atlanta yeah. now, but I grew up in Michigan.
0: Well, no, no, I'm saying though, this is happening in Michigan, because a lot of people are gonna hear it and maybe just assume, oh, he's means like Mississippi. No, he didn't say Mississippi, he said Michigan.
1: Michigan, Michigan. The Midwest, Midwest, blue state for a long, long time, Michigan. uh, Yeah, yeah, Michigan, the suburbs of Michigan, of Grand Rapids, Michigan, as a matter of fact. Terrible, terrible experience in integrating a neighborhood of Michigan in the 1970s and early 80s. Awful experience. Uh, but like you said, intangible, incalculable, but real. But real, real experiences, uh, the experience of being uh, drummed out by teachers. And this was back when parents still had a choice. If my parents hadn't said no, then I would've had a special education label slapped on me from an early age in the uh, all white public school system in Kentwood, Michigan, because the teachers looked at me and saw an underachiever because probably I had some kind of chemical imbalance or some kind of physical abnormality that just my brain didn't work as well as little white kids, which is also a documented phenomenon in this country. Little black boys get out of these programs every day or labeled as special or labeled as learning disabled because the same behavior that little Jim Pacheski illustrates or exhibits, that same behavior when a little black or brown student uh, portrays it, they get push back where Jim Pachecki gets pushed forward. He gets put into the gifted and talented because he's bored. He's not being challenged. Whereas a student like myself, bored, not being challenged, act out a little bit, oh, he's special. He's got a learning disability. My parents said, no, you can't. you can't do that to him. Parents don't have that choice anymore. School systems make that choice now, you know? And again, intangible, incalculable, terror intellectual violence in, in the school systems, predatory lending. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, I may have never had a piece of land taken. My ancestors may have never had a piece of land taken from them, but the black experience in this country, people have had plenty taken from them in terms of their dignity and their humanity and their self-respect. So let me let me stop because I'll go on forever. Yeah,
2: but I, I think it is, I mean we 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 can't argue that the, the that kind of pain and suffering tim that that you and every 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 black person in America has experienced in in one way or another is is incalculable arguably but if we if we want to stick with the idea of restitution repayment for something that was lost or stolen or given and and, and never paid for then we can focus on the, the forced labor of enslaved people in this oh. country, and we can calculate the hours worked um, of enslaved people, and we can we can agree on any time that you want. In fact, it can be we can start from 1619 is the guy Jason Hickel who did that in fact he calculated. The, the the hours worked of enslaved people from 1619 up until the abolition of slavery in 1865, he estimated 222 million hours of forced labor. And he said that at U.S. minimum wage, and this is a few years ago, that will come out to $97 trillion, mm. $97 trillion at minimum wage. And there are more modest estimates that calculate from 1776 or 1783 or some other some other uh, time period in between, but there are really no estimates below. I mean, there are some, but most of the con- more popular estimates are somewhere between $6 trillion and $14 trillion. So $6 trillion, that's the cost of the war in Iraq. $14 trillion is the cost of the last few major wars that the U.S. Uh, ha- has fought in. And so we can certainly, certainly afford a figure of that magnitude, um, we've invested and we've spent that money in other places at, at, at other other times. So, um, for for war, for for to protect imperialism, to protect capital and and business interests overseas and what have you. So we can stick with the restitution model and folk and think about the hours worked from enslaved people and compensate that. And even that dollar amount, I think, is is uh, is uh, staggering to consider without considering pain and suffering at all.
1: Wow. Yeah. Those are some amazing numbers. And when you when you look at the numbers, that's when you when jobs really hit the floor. I think uh, we mentioned last week about Oscarville Bill, that they've been generating over 10 million dollars a year in electricity since 1956. Off the the backs of these people, stolen land, uh, six hundred, almost seven hundred million dollars a year in tourism dollars at Lake Lanier, off the backs of these people's stolen land, you know, twenty two and a half million dollars injected into about seven hundred families, white families that had stolen the land from blacks, that they ran out of Oscarville, you know. So the numbers are really, really staggering. And you're right, right. We can afford it. The United States can afford it. Will they ever do it? It will take a lot of hard work and a lot of very articulate people to pull it off. But I think we have a start. I think we're we're making progress.
0: Let me ask both of you this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. As someone who, you know, sees how government has been both detrimental um, as far as black people and beneficial as far as black people, civil rights movement or civil rights movement, actually getting that into law, you know, federal troops enforcing that sometimes um, out of necessity, by the way. Um, Do you think this is something that. You bring to the Democratic Party, and you work through their system to get passed. Do you think this is something that that has to be um, a state level thing before it's federally addressed? Like, how do you envision if this were to come to fruition that happening?
1: Think like you want to take that one?
2: Oh sure. So I think I think first off, there's no wrong way to do this or to advocate for it. Um, the Democratic Party is not as bad as the Republican Party, but the Democratic Party is by no means progressive. Democrats in, in any other industrialized um, part of the world, or any other part of the world, Democrats would be considered conservatives. So, so Democrats in this country are not actually progressive. They're barely even liberal um, for for that matter. And so, working within the structure, the institution of the Democratic Party will, will yield certain things, but it won't yield all the things. And, and so, I think that, that for those that, that want to work within the structure of the Democratic uh, Party, they, they ought to do that. And we ought to, the rest of us ought to support them in doing that. There's only so much that can be done there, but it's still worth doing. Just like being a school teacher. You're working, within a, you're working within a system that is not designed necessarily for the success of each and every child. But once you make the commitment to be a, a classroom teacher, you sign up for certain things and you recognize that there are certain things you'll be able to do and other things you'll be, you'll be you'll be hindered from doing. But you do the things that you can. That only works if there are people working at other levels as well, locally, within their own municipalities, within their own counties. Um, if we're talking about restitution or land recovery to tr- to to do the research to find out what within within their direct uh, neighborhood on their block or in their town they can accomplish together, all those things add up. And so, um, I don't want to discourage anybody from from pursuing one avenue or another. I think all of the avenues together, are good. I think what what matters most for for progressive people, for for social justice warriors, and I'll use that term with pride, is that that we don't judge one another for the avenues that we that we pursue. That we continue the conversation among ourselves.